Hey, sophisticated spectators. Want to stay loud, laced, and locked in to Beyond the Bleachers? Our brand new website, beyondthebleacherspodcast.com, has links for every streaming platform where you can listen to new episodes every Monday, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at beyondthebleachers underscore. What's up, everybody? I don't like that. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just tried to change up the intro and I immediately said, I don't like that. It doesn't feel right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Sam. <laughs> my name is Samantha. I have my lovely co-host with me, Jocelyn. How are we doing this week? Much better than last week. Super excited to be back on the pod with you, my other lovely (laughs) (laughs) co-host. I'm happy. I'm ready to talk basketball. Oh, man, it's just been so much going on, as always. I feel like a broken record, but, you know, that's the same thing all the time. I know. We're like, what, three weeks away from conference tournaments? And then once that ends, then it's the big NCAA tournament. So we are... Well on our way into the season, we're in the middle of February, which means time is ticking and teams are still falling, (laughs) getting upset, causing upsets. (laughs) Still happening. That's been the draw of the season. Right. Just when we thought things were kind of like smooth sailing, you see some teams kind of tuckering out a little bit. And we'll talk a little bit about one upset that really had a ranked team struggling in the second half of the game. Oh, yes. But before we get to that, we're going to give you our Maryland and South Carolina updates. Absolutely. As you recall, last week I was very pleased with how Maryland played. And I'm happy to say that they have won again. So we're on a little mini streak. They played Rutgers on February 6th and they won with a score of 67 to 59. Of course, the big three, Cheyenne Sellers, Bree McDaniel, and Jakia Brown Turner did their thing all in double figures. Jakia mm. Brown Turner had a double double, 11 points Ooh. and 10 rebounds. So I can't be mad at anything that Maryland is doing. They're really trying to cement their spot. Still kind of unsure about what this means for the tournament and the conference. All of that still has to play out. But overall, still very happy for my Terps. And uh, yeah, that's the end of my report. I love that your Terps are out here winning. And I love to see a smile on your face, (laughs) Sam, when your Terps are out here doing what needs to be done. I'm super happy for them. Keep it up with upswing. And we talked about this. Like you said, tournament time is just around the corner. Just around the river bend. Shout out to Pocahontas. But anyway, (laughs) I'm so excited to see what they're going to bring because I know they're going to bring it. I know they are. And this is, they just need a little pep in their step. They need some time. We're going to talk about time for other players, especially on the pro level. Okay. But my highlight for my Gamecocks first has to go to Camilla Cardozo, who has been reported to. Missed two games for my Gamecocks against Missouri and UConn, which I was a little tight about, but I know it's due to her being, you know, overseas in Brazil, playing in the Olympics. We get it. We know what you got to do over there. 
she's balling out there too, okay? Sam shared some footage with me from overseas in one of the games Brazil had against, I think it was, what, Serbia, I believe? Cardozo said the screen rolled to get the ball back, drove through the middle of the lane, two defenders on her, lays it in, and lays down one of the opponents. That was a nasty pick and roll, man. What we've been needing from Cardozo this whole season. She got that basket and the foul, okay? She was coming for that behind, all right? Like a trade. She was like a freight train, choo-choo, straight down the middle. It was amazing. So Sam and I talked about how we need to see that aggression back over here, okay? Come on now, Cardozo, you can't hide it now. We know what's going on. We know it is in you. So stop being nice over there, here in the States. Thank you very much. Like, bring that aggression, please. Anyway, in an interview with local media, Dawn was asked about Cardozo missing the two games. And she said, everybody just has to, you know, do what you've been doing. We don't have anybody that's 6'7", that's almost averaging a double-double. We don't have it. She said, we don't have anybody that's like that. We have to be, you know, different. We have different players, though, she said. And being different and being versatile, we have to lean in on that and not try to reduce, like, what we're doing and what uh, reduce to what we're missing. So, you know, Dawn's basically like, don't overcompensate. There's no need for overcompensating for such a big piece of their well-oiled machine being missing. You know, they just need to play their game and that they did. Okay. First game was Missouri on Thursday, February 8th. And did the Gamecocks rise to the occasion? Yes, they did. The triumph I'm talking about was the 83 to 45 triumph over the Missouri Tigers. Okay. Um, however, you know, tip off was a little crazy. It was a little shaky. I must say, uh, they was like fumbling over the basketball for a minute, but then, uh, the Tigers ended up gaining the possession and whatever they, they came up with the basket. So just know everyone that stepped on the court for South Carolina scored at least four or more points so that was phenomenal to see and also shows cardozo we love you we we want you here but we kind of you know can we can survive we did survive okay so my first highlight is ashlyn watkins with this nasty block she was beat you know she recovered and then she beat that ball out of bounds it was amazing. I love seeing how active she is. Earlier on, she was running the floor, active hands on defense with deflections and steals all over the place, then showing her jumper and range with a nice two from the foul line extended. She's been clutch and impressive all season for me, and I'm so excited for her. But you know we have to take it to the highlight reel herself. Y'all know who it is. She's been the freshman of the week twice, okay, in the last three weeks. I'm talking about Malaysia Full Wiley out here from the first quarter. She gets the first uh, five shots in and she nails them all. I mean, she put us up with the three in the corner. She's amazing. 10 to, to eight at that point. Then yet another deflection from Watkins picked up by Pow Pow, passed to Malaysia to a stop and pop bunny. And it was good. She's butter from anywhere, okay? I love watching this freshman work, but my last highlight has to go to Samira Fagan, okay? Yet again, she's one of those players that she's a junior now, but she's been really putting in the work that she needs to. She, along with Chloe Kitts, 
I'll, you know, round off my highlights with this pretty hook pass over the top from Sanaya Fagan to yet again, a Chloe Kitts cutting to the basket for two. I love watching these ladies play. You can see how everything is clicking for all of the players all together. Chloe Kitts, as we know, is just a sophomore. South Carolina has so many weapons. It's sickening. Missouri is definitely a tough team to beat. They're one of those teams in NCAA that, especially on the women's side, is known for being very physical, almost too physical, bordering on dirty players. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's great to hear that even in the absence of Cardoso, because I was nervous about that as well, how that was all going to play out. And I have to applaud Dawn because Dawn, you know, was questioned about how do you feel about your player choosing the national team over in Brazil over your Gamecocks? Yeah. And she said that when she uh, brought Cardoso on and offered her a scholarship, she knew that she came from Brazil and knew that there was potentially going to be an opportunity for her to play with the Brazilian national team, but also openly told her, if you ever get the opportunity to play for the Brazilian national team, go do your thing. I will never hold you back. I know that there's greatness in you. And so you go do your thing and you will have a home here when you get back. And so kudos to Dawn for not only empowering her players in South Carolina, but also empowering them to go out into the world and do other things and represent not only for their country, but also for the Gamecocks as well. Absolutely. The big show game for me. And all I have to say is the number 23. You heard it right, 23-0. We took down the Yukon Huskies without our center. Okay, also keeping our 54 now. Home game winning streak intact. The final score was 83-65. Let's get into it. It was all pow-pow in the first half. Getting on the stat sheet early with a bucket after Watkins set a nice screen, which was only a two. But, oh, there was more. UConn started off in man-to-man defense, but you cannot contain Pow Pow, who honestly has been struggling with her shot from beyond the arc for the last, like, three games. But we did. But what did she do before? You know, she found a way to make it happen. Before the game, she's been putting up shots and all that, and even those shots weren't going in, but it went in when it counted because she led the team to a victory her first three in the in the face of mule of yukon was nothing but net the highlight block for me was ashlyn watkins taking you to block city and block university because not in her house kk arnold number two freshman guard for yukon comes up with the steal, and watkins was not having that Watkins denies Arnold and it was such a clean block Watkins comes behind you know from behind literally avoids making any contact with Arnold gets all ball while getting to getting the ball to bounce off of Arnold's body it was insane and it was amazing it was beautiful she also made sure that it was South Carolina's ball after that you're talking about a player that averages three blocks a game I know Arnold felt the heat on her back after that. It was hilarious, but it was also amazing. Watkins was having her way with UConn on offense until she picked up her third foul that Dawn was not very happy about. For some weird reason, though, they were playing off of Watkins. I bet you they will respect her next time they play her if they get the chance. 
Edwards wasn't guarding her much, and she made UConn pay. She closed the game with 15 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and I believe she had three blocks. But it was all pow-pow, like I said, in the first half. She was three for four from three with 11 points already with under just nine minutes in the second quarter. Her 14th point put South Carolina up 15 and forced Gino to call a timeout. He was really, really heated, okay? He was heated. It was this nasty behind the back and behind the screenshot. She was lethal from beyond the arc. Pow Pow got her pal back, okay? Because Pow Pow started jaying on everybody. She said, who wants to wants to smoke? You can get some. Everybody got some. She had this crazy behind the back stutter step. And it was like a, a side step too as well. Corner shot on Paige Beckers. It was great. You know, she ended the game with 21 points, going 8 for 12 with three rebounds and two assists. And... I'll round it off with Raven, who was the floor general all second half, making every assist look so pretty. Homegirl had a double-double with 10 points and 12 rebounds. Congratulations, ladies. Keep those feet on the gas. So we're back again with more WNBA updates. The signings just keep on happening rosters are starting to get longer and we've had some key signings that have happened within the last week. So I'm just going to briefly go over the major ones and then we're going to talk where rosters stand right now and kind of just some things that we've observed and maybe some things that these teams need to pick up as we're continuing to see these signings happening. So first, I'm going to start off with two big signs from two key players. We have Neka Gumake signing to join the Seattle Storm and Dewana Bonner re-signing with the Connecticut Sun. We also have Diamond DeShields signing with the Chicago Sky. Kalia Copper getting traded from Chicago to Phoenix Mercury in exchange for players and draft picks. Those players included Michaela Onyonwere and Bree Turner. Elena Deladon deciding that she's going to take some time away from basketball and is not going to sign with the Washington Mystics. We have Bria Hartley signing with the Las Vegas Aces. And the moment we have all been waiting for, our girl Candace Parker has re-signed also with the Las Vegas Aces. So before we get into all of the individual teams, y'all already know which signing is most important to me. Candace is back. But Joss, what signing or trade or deal is most significant to you that has happened within the last week? Uh, NECA. <laughs> Listen, you know, obviously, though, you, you talked about your girl, CP3. We love you, girl. We love you, Candace. Thanks for coming on back because you know how I felt about how I was underwhelmed with what the Aces were doing as far as grabs, trades, anything. It was just not looking helpful at all to me as far as how these other teams are starting to stack up their squads. But like I'm saying, the stack squad is definitely the Seattle storm. Okay. NECA going on over to the storm is really going to be crazy. You got Skylar Diggins Smith out here. We talked about last episode who is going to bring the stormy skies. You got Jewel Lloyd out there already balling out of control. She's basically perfect. And then you're going to add on NECA Aguma. What the hell are y'all trying to do? So excited for this. 
listen, they don't really need to do anything else, really. Like, they've already figured it out. Now they just need to get in the gym and start building that chemistry for all the three of them to get together and just make this a dream team. Because honestly, Asia Wilson said it herself. She said, talk about, uh, what does they call it? A mega team? This is the mega team. Mega team, super team, super all team, the team. mega, massive, <laughs> just dirty, crazy, amazing. This is the daggone Seattle Storm. They're bringing the storm this year. And I can't wait to see it. They're not even my team. But Sam, that's the one. Can you tell I'm excited? <laughs> I can tell you are excited, a little, a little too excited a little too because much. We, we're not supposed to be rooting for Seattle. I think that's even my team, but like, listen, I love to see it, and I love for any anywhere Neca goes, I'm always going to be a fan because I'm a fan of her. So that's a great grab for Seattle. So super happy. I know Jewel Lloyd is like, oh, she can breathe again. <laughs> She been putting in that work. She been trying to get these players to come and sign with her because she needed some help. <laughs> she said a whole squad, and that's basically what she got. <laughs> okay, so starting from the top, we're just gonna go in alphabetical order because that's the easiest way to kind of break this down and just talk about each team, like what we think they still need, if they need mm-hmm. anything else, what other things might be access to them, so forth and so on. So starting with Atlanta, they currently have 10 people on their roster. I think they need a perimeter shooter. They have people that can shoot the three, but these days we're seeing the three being more and more incorporated into the women's game. And it's very important for you to have like your three-point specialist. And right now that's the one thing I feel like they don't have. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, them adding on Jordan, she brings you a lot of like stop and pops, driving, you know, she's a real point guard, I think, I believe. I love Canada, so I'm always going to cape for her. Also, she's a shorty, so you know I'm going to cape extra hard. But, uh, you know, we have Alicia Gray, great guard, but, you know, sometimes she's not really giving you that three like, you know, consistently. And also Ryan Howard, who I think is just can just play anywhere, any position. I think she's one of those phenomenal players. Isn't she on the U.S. Uh, team right now for the Olympics? So she's she sure one is. of those star players to me that I think that we're going to be hearing about and, and watching for a very long time, for as long as she gives it to us, really. Um, so, yeah, I think that they might need to start incorporating even just who they already have. Like I mentioned, Jordan. Um, I mentioned Alicia and Ryan, they need to start putting more, uh, uh, putting down, like, I guess some more shots in the gym and trying to like incorporate that three point as a real big threat for them. I think they have the players there to, to possibly do it. They don't really need to grab somebody new, but, um, if they just hone in on that specific skill, I think they will be a threat from the three. Yeah, I definitely think that that's something that they might consider in a draft, you know, picking up somebody that has a high Mm -hmm. three-point shooting percentage. Mm -hmm. Moving on to Chicago, they currently have 11 people on their roster. Chicago has been struggling these last couple seasons, mostly because James Wade, we talked about him before, and his uh, sudden departure from the Chicago sky. But... Prior to that, he basically gave away all their 2024 and 25 draft picks for Marina Mabry, who really has been underperforming (laughs) (laughs) in Chicago. And so people were very shocked at just how much 
I'm sorry, Sam. You said it, Just not me. How much he gave away for Marina Mabry. And so <laughs> Teaspoon <laughs> and the uh, upper management team has been working overtime to try and get some of those draft picks back, which we can assume is why they ended up giving up Kalia Copper because they needed some picks. They, they needed some help. So Chicago right now is a whole mosh pit of people on that team. We already talked about Diamond DeShields re-signing once again with the Chicago Sky. We talked about Michaela Yonwede and Brianna Turner now joining their squad. But they really have the best I can describe it as a mosh pit. Like I really I don't know how to describe it. They just I don't know. They need time, Sam. We talked about it offline. I'm going to say it right here, right now. They need time to figure out what the hell they're doing. Because I don't even understand it. You got Diamond De Shields, who is a phenomenal player when she's healthy, though. That is the caveat, but it's a huge caveat. And unfortunately, you know, we talked about or we know about her story. If you don't, you know, she had a tumor, I believe, what, in her back. And yes. she couldn't walk, you know. So coming back into the league, winning a championship in Chicago and now being here now, like, you know, listen, I love her as a player. However, it's just the fear of the consistency there. If she's going to be healthy this season they're you know, they might have a chance at winning some games. If she's not healthy, God help them. But you know, other than that, Marina, like you said, I was cracking up, Sam, I'm sorry, but you're right. It's true. You said it, not me, but I'm going to co-sign and say, what's going on, Mabry? And that's Bring not it. a diss. I love it's Marina not. Mabry in LA. I hated when they let her leave and go to Dallas, but I enjoyed her in Dallas. I she loved was her back in with her college teammate, mm-hmm. Arike Ogumbawale. Yep. Her ending up in Chicago. I don't know what happened, but it's, it, it hasn't been it hasn't been pretty. It was giving strange fruit. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, yum yum from the three, okay? But listen, it just wasn't showing up like that this past season. And I'm, you know, we talked about she just has to get the chemistry down. She was even overseas for a little bit of the uh, start of the season, even last year. So. She was trying to find her footing with this new squad. Now you got Copper not even there anymore, who was really the helm of it, and rightfully so. I'm glad she got out of there because I don't know what she was going to do. She was going to flip a table because that person, I'm going to start calling him he who shall not be named. He's, his name is Voldemort now to me. Mr. Wade, he's Voldemort We got a, now. Lo- a, a little list of people now that we don't like to name. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on there, Sam. Because what did you do? <laughs> Listen, like I said, time, Sam. For Chicago, it's time. Next up is Connecticut. They currently have 14 people on their roster. They actually have a solid core. I think the one thing that, or I guess two things I'll say, is they need a little bit of youth. Hmm. They started to try and do that with the addition of Olivia nelson Adota. But I think the players that at one point were young are not really considered young players anymore. They're kind of moving into <laughs> that young whippersnappers. You know, they're not 30 yeah. yet, but they're kind of moving more into the vet status, you know. And so sometimes it's helpful to have that second or third year player that really has that pep in their step and really can kind of elevate your game a little bit more. So along those lines of needing youth, they also need a solid facilitator. We know that they've struggled at the point guard position ever since Jasmine Thomas got injured and then 
you know, left and retired. So the and then ended up retiring. So <laughs> they really struggle with that point guard position. And we've talked a lot about what players we think might be a good fit there. They do have Ty Harris, who is the point guard off the bench, and maybe this is her time to really step up and show everybody what she's made of. She's a gamecock. We know where she comes from. We know the kind of coaching and tutelage she has been under. She might be that person to not only bring that facilitation, but also that youth to an already very established roster. Yeah, I mean, you know I love Miss Ty Harris because she is what? A game cock alone. I know you do. I love Ty, and I really loved seeing what she was doing at the tail end of the season last year. You know, she really was coming into her own, finding her confidence and her stride for the Sun. So, listen, I think maybe trying their hand at putting her at the point more often. I don't know if she's going to start, but I think she should, considering that she's got a year under her belt. You know, she's been there, she's done that, she's been in some pretty tough situations, and I think to my opinion, she rose to the occasion. So let her shine. Let her cook over there. Let Ty cook over there and see what happens. But, you know, you still, like you said, you have AT. You you got Bree Jones back. Hopefully she's healthy. You got DB back. Uh, really great uh, remembering to grab her and trying to make sure that they keep that core together. Because when you have that, then that means that push and that veteran kind of prowess and experience and IQ could actually fare well for them you trying to call them old sam <laughs> that's why i was laughing before listen them old bones are experienced bones wisdom you know so i think that they know how to get to uh finals you know they know how to get to the playoffs and they know how to win so hopefully they can figure that out this season next up is the dallas wings they currently have 10 people on their roster Thank goodness they have been able to lock in that big three down in the paint. Natasha Howard, Tierra McCowan, and Kalani Brown are all back for another season. Super excited about that. I still am thinking that they need a solid point guard. They've got Mm. guards, but we saw what Odyssey Sims was able to do out there with that hardship contract in Dallas. I think that that could be a key piece that they need to propel them ahead. We know how important point guards are. And in this league, the point guard role is still the point guard role. I know in other leagues, the lines are kind of blurred between positions, but the difference between a good team and a great team has always been that point guard position. I agree, Sam. You need somebody at the helm to be that court general And Odyssey Sims really brought that punch for them at the end there. So, yeah, they need to stop playing and put that, you know, make sure that she's starting there because (laughs) they'll benefit for sure, you know. And I think she plays well with Arike because Arike's a shooter. We know she's a shooting guard true and through. Arike at the point. Not really, because she you can't she can't cook. She can't show you what she can do. That is where she's best, when she's shooting, when she's able to be free. And I think Odyssey Sims opens that up for her. So, you know, great minds think alike, Sam. I was thinking the same thing. Put her at that PG spot. Put her at that number one spot. Next, we have our favorite team, the Indiana Fever. (laughs) We have had a lot to say about them since last season. 
They currently have 13 people on their roster. And I'm going to keep saying what I have been saying this entire time. They need a strong veteran presence. We have talked about how we wanted our girl Skylar to go over to Indiana. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to bite. And so that's how Skylar ended up in Seattle. That's how Jewel was able to just kind of rope her on in. (laughs) But they need that strong veteran experience. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be somebody that is like a superstar like Skylar Dickens. They just need some sort of presence. They have so much youth out there. And now they've started to add pieces of like more experienced players, such as Katie Lou Samuelson. But they're not giving me like that championship caliber, that mindset, that go get them attitude. It's just, it's not giving, it's missing something. And so this might also be a space where a player like an Odyssey Sims, although I do love her in Dallas, but an Mm. Odyssey Sims like person could thrive in an environment like Indiana because they, they just need a little bit of leadership. You know, their coach is, still fresh in the W. This will be her second season now. We have Lynn Dunn as the GM who came in as interim. Now she's not interim anymore, but I don't know how long she's going to stay in that position because I don't even get the vibes that she really wants that position. She's just kind (laughs) of there because she has a history with Indian and they were desperate for somebody to come in and kind of clean up the mess, but she's not really doing it for me either. So there's a lot of moving parts going on in Indiana. And so I think at that point, it is very essential that you bring somebody that is very familiar with the W, very familiar with the style and can really just kind of be the ribbon that kind of brings everybody and puts a nice bow on it. Well, you said, Sam, Sam, you said the sun had too many vets. Now Indiana has no vets, not enough of them. So what would you do? Maybe that you just answered your question there. Maybe they need to put somebody from Connecticut on to Indiana and put somebody from Indiana over on to Connecticut. Those, those are fighting words right there. I know they are, but hey, listen, you kind of alluded to it and, and by not even meaning to. And I'm just picking up what you was putting down. So <laughs> maybe, who knows, one of these days, if DB decides to stay in the league and continue to play on, which I think she can, she got to take care of them babies, okay? These mamas out there, they got to take care of the babies. So <laughs> I think that possibly one day she could go on over Indiana. She'll definitely be their franchise player. She definitely brings the vet- veteranship, right? She brings experience. She brings the know-how. Uh, so maybe that's for a next season kind of thing. I'm thinking that Indiana is going to definitely have some issues <laughs> again this season, unfortunately. You know, they're they're going to be a baby team and they're still trying to figure out their their stride unless a Erica Wheeler, Wheeler decides to figure out that, OK, these are my babies and I need to take care of my babies. You know, you're getting the money, Erica. Now put in some work a little bit more, like put in a little extra. We need you to be a mentor, girl. Come on. You can do it. Maybe. Possibly. If you want to. Maybe not. You know, you're making enough money over there. Just try something new. Try something new and try to mentor a child, okay? (laughs) Because you know that y'all are getting the number one draft pick, so you're going to need to do something. But, yeah, I mean, Leah Bossa can't do it all, right? So she's going to only be a a sophomore in her, you know, in the W. 
And she's still considered a rookie to me. You know, that's still a baby to me. She's still under her rookie contract, right? So I would say that Aaliyah Boston might need to try to take the helm of the team because she already has that leadership kind of mentality. Everyone loves her. They loved her as a rookie. And she also brings like her just beautiful spirit onto the court as well as off. So maybe she just has to step up yet again because she was there for the lottery. Now, you know, might as well just put her there as a captain and let her run the show because (laughs) I don't know what else you're going to do. There's nobody else stepping up. Yeah, speaking of Dewaner, we know that she was the sixth woman of the year when she first started out in Phoenix, and she has very quickly elevated herself to superstar status, and that's the kind of player that I'm looking for when we talk about a vet player, somebody that is positioning themselves to be one of the greats. That's what they need. That's all I'm going to say, because I can go on and on about Indiana, but that's all I'm going to say. Moving on to the Las Vegas Aces, the current reigning champions. They have 12 people on their roster. They have pretty much solidified uh, their core. Mm -hmm. They have solidified most of their bench. Probably not going to keep any draft picks because they rarely ever do. They lost their number, their first round pick last season with the whole drama. We're not going to talk about it again. Listen to the early episodes of the podcast to recap. Go on back. (laughs) Go back in time, y'all. But the one thing that I think the Las Vegas Aces are missing is kind of the same thing that Atlanta's missing. They're missing that three-point shooter. We do have players that can shoot from the three, obviously. Alicia Clark, Candice, Chelsea, Jackie, Kelsey, like Kelsey. pretty much all of them, <laughs> even Asia in there throwing a couple threes every now and then. She's boxing so down. We they do have three point shooting Kia. ability. <laughs> <laughs> Playoff Kia. <laughs> so we Kia. do know that they have three point shooting ability, but as we mentioned, when you have these teams that have that sharp shooter that can hit it from anywhere on the perimeter and kind of gets cozy around that wing and just can hit it at a moment's notice, that is the one thing that I think that they are missing that could just elevate their game through the ceiling, through the roof, as if they're not already there. We've talked tirelessly about how they're already just on another planet already. This would probably just put them in another galaxy. Yeah, I mean, listen, you named damn near half the deck on starting five <laughs> that could possibly make a three. It's just, like I said about Atlanta, using your core and getting them to add on something more to their arsenal. Jackie uh, has been a, a player that we've always talked about, and we talked about a lot last season about her just being most improved. Even Becky is alluded to, not even alluded, she's actually said that that she believes that Jackie's been the most improved. So you know Jackie's going to be in the gym. She's she's in the all with the U.S. team for the Olympics. She's been getting a lot of basketball in. My fear with New York, um, New York, Lord Jesus, my fear with Vegas, God, not New York, is that because we have we're so heavy and reliant on our core, is what happens if somebody gets hurt. We saw what happened with Candace. Luckily, you know we had a six woman like Alicia. Clark uh, to step in there and and give us some points off the bench and become the sixth woman of the year. But, you know, what happens when who else got hurt? Chelsea Gray got hurt. Also, 
Kia Stokes got hurt, you know? So what happens if that's while we're at the precipice or in the middle of the season? What do we do? You know? So, you know, we have some people in on reserve and in training camp. I'm not extremely impressed by them. And even our pick who we signed, I'm really not super impressed by Megan either. I'm sorry to say, uh, but Listen, if we try to wait, like you said, Sam, if we try to find a way to keep, make sure that these women are healthy and adding on that three point consistent uh, shooting from the three, then we'll be perfectly, like you said, we'll be perfectly fine. We'll skyrocket to another stratosphere, but that's not happened yet. So we need to figure that out stat right now. I don't know what Becky, what you're doing with the trainers and all that. We need all the kind of coaches and the nutritionists available because we have a core that's set to work together. And if anything's, if there's a chink in the armor, I fear we might fall apart. Yeah, I don't really expect a player like a Megan Gustafson to shoot from the three. She's more of a rebounder, exactly. which is something that the Aces struggled with a lot last season. So I do think that she'll come in handy with, you know, with that regard. With that regard. Mm-hmm. But if we can get somebody like a, like a Sammy Whitcomb, I think that that would be a great addition because all you have to do is make your way over to the perimeter, over to that wing, and call for the ball. And when you get the ball, (laughs) shoot it in the hoop. That's all I need you to do. I might say, uh, uh, you know, problematic, but maybe we need somebody like uh, Sabrina who's really just good at shooting. That's getting cut out of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) She is Voldemort, okay? Okay. Moving okay, on, we might have to find a new co-host for the show. So, <laughs> hey, put her on there. I think we need somebody <laughs> like her. Moving on to Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Sparks currently have thirteen people on their roster. They like a Chicago. They don't know which way is up. They still trying to figure it out. A lot of their pieces are coming from trades. So I, I I really don't know because I don't even know how these people are going to fit together. It's a lot of new people on the roster, a lot of moving and shaking. And uh, I'm happy to see Lasia Clarendon back. I think that she brings, she's one of those, like, like we said, point guard veterans that she's not like too big for the game, but she brings what is necessary to a team. And so Lasia Clarendon, I think is a great point of security for LA and I think that everything kind of needs to grow around that so maybe that's what I'll say they need to make sure that everything kind of fits what she can bring to the table clarinet yeah I mean we still have Camby though Hamby though right Derricka Azaray was showing us a little something different a little more aggression what we really needed from you know her and her height so if she continues to kind of show that aggression from start to end of the season, that might be a problem, you know, with along with Derricka staying healthy. Uh, you know, we had Kia Nurse. Is she still going to – she's protected right now, right? So if I didn't really see much from Kia Nurse last season at all. You know, she was injured at some point. And I don't think she's ever gotten her her swag back. I'm going to need her to get her, her mojo. She doesn't have the mojo jojo. Okay. We got to get the mojo gojo going back, you know? So hopefully she can do that there. I mean, there's hope. 
there, right? There's hope for them. <laughs> you know what they need? I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Uh-oh. They need for Cheney to retire. Going over to ESPN full time. <laughs> it's just what needs to happen. Now that should be taken out. <laughs> but yes, we talked about it. She's great over there. I love seeing her just running down the you know, certain plays during halftime and, and just her broadcasting skills. I love that. So I think that's her avenue. That's her that's her lane. She might need to stay in that lane as well. I agree. She might give Lobo a run for her money. She, uh, okay, I'm not going to say because we never know who's going to be on commentary. the pod. We never going to. We, we I never said she's going to get kicked out, but I said, you know, she's going to give Lobo a little run for her money because Lobo, uh, we like you and all, but people getting tired of you talking about UConn all the time. Okay. <laughs> we are. Okay. Please stop. Thank you. You're from your sophisticated spectators. (laughs) Next, we have the Minnesota Lynx. They currently have 11 people on their roster. I'm actually pretty pleased with their roster. They're bringing back a lot of people from last season. I'm excited to see Diamond Miller healthy for her sophomore season. They still have Nafisa, Kayla McBride, the addition of Courtney Williams and Alana Smith. We know that Jess Shepard is going to be out for this season for international requirements, but we think that the addition of Alana Smith will kind of balance that out a little bit. They have their three-point specialist now in Natisha Heineman from Connecticut. I feel like they're kind of checking off all the boxes of things that I want to see from the Minnesota Lynx, and I think they definitely have a roster that Cheryl is excited to work with. Yeah, I mean, we saw we started to see a little later on in the season uh, last year how they just started to make a push, and I was like, "Holy crap! Is the Lynx again a team that might need to be watched? Like, are they? Or should we be scared of them? Should there be more prep and watching the film? You know, Cheryl is a great coach. I think she showed that last season because we were like a little weary about her molding." a player like a Diamond Miller. But did she do that? She did. And Diamond found another level of confidence over at the in the Minnesota. And I'm really excited to just even watch her play again this season and see what more confidence she's brought or just what more she can bring to the game. I think she's one of those players that I'm definitely going to keep coach, a close watch on. And all together with Nafisa Collier just out here balling out of control again, you know, I'm excited for that. Just for that, for those two women, period, on the team. So, yeah, right now, I just think they just need to help hone in on what's better for them out there. I know they they got uh, Tisha, like you said, Heidemann over there. Hopefully, they can get her in the guard position, doing a little bit more than she did for the Sun, and just her also being more confident. And maybe Cheryl's the coach for her. Who knows? Next, we have the New York Liberty. They currently have 11 players on their roster as well. What they need is for JJ to hurry up and sign that contract. We saw that Brianna Stewart did get cored, which kind of left us feeling like, is JJ going to get offered a contract? You know, we're running out of money here, people. (sighs) But it was announced (laughs) that JJ intended to sign. But since we have not heard of any signing. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that maybe there's money debate going on. I don't know. All I know is that New York needs to lock that in because somebody else 
such as Washington, would be willing <laughs> to come in and snatch her right on up. Yeah, I mean, JJ is a huge grab to keep. You know, they need to make sure, because we talked about it before, hello, JJ was a big asset to a lot of the push for New York later at the tail end of the season. She was really the one that helped keep them going, keep them live, and keep them in contest with my aces, okay? So if you're going against Vegas and you're trying to make another championship push this season, then you need to get make sure that JJ is on your roster, paid well, sitting sitting nicely, and um, just in the mix. Because if she's not signing with New York again, you're going to have some problems. I don't see a push happening at all. Like, yes, yeah, Stewie, yeah, we, we know how Stewie felt about her play later on at the tail end of the season. She just didn't feel like she did her best. She's a humble player and a great one at that. Also, she's y'all's WNBA, you know, MVP or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I still think it was Asia. She should have won everything. But anyway, we're not going to go back. We're not going to go back. We're moving forward. But anyway, JJ is that person that they need to make sure they secure and have whatever she needs on that team because she already know that she's not the core, but we do know that she's needed because, like I said again, and I will say it constantly, there is no push for the championship without JJ being in New York. Next up, the Phoenix Mercury. I was surprised to read that they only had eight people currently signed to their <laughs> roster because I felt like they made so many moves. But they currently only have eight people, and I'm going to call them out as well because what's going call on with out. BG? What's going on? Please sign Girl. her. Hurry up because she's still not locked in, and I don't know what's going on. We haven't heard anything about BG Shout out to her because she announced that she's coming out with a new book in May. We will be reading. But that's surely will. <laughs> she is not signed. Phoenix needs to yeah. hurry up and do that ASAP. They really do. I mean, BG is, we don't really know. Maybe she might pull a somebody else. We'll get to that. She might pull a, maybe I'm going to sit out. Who knows? But if they don't get her in there right now, DT, what you doing? What are you doing, DT? That's your girl, y'all. You know, like, I don't understand. Y'all done pull Natasha Cloud out here. You know, y'all got Chrissy Tolliver on the coaching staff. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> like, why haven't y'all secured freaking BG already? That don't make no daggone sense. Are y'all trying to lose? Y'all need the height. Hello? That's all. Freaking put BG on it. That's what they need to do. That's it. It's simple. The Seattle Storm currently have nine people on their roster. And I don't really think they need much of anything either. I think once they signed Skylar and NECA, everything kind of started to fall into place. I'm not complaining about it. I think they have a really good roster. We already talked about it. I said it. NECA? <laughs> she, that now, talk about the straw that, no, well, no, that's not a better analogy. But the better analogy is the icing on the cake. She's the cherry on tippy top, okay? I just can't wait to see them play. That's all. They, like you said, Sam's couldn't say it better myself. Nothing needs to be done. They did what needed to be done. They got NECA, Aguma K. They got Skylar, Diggins Smith. That was it. Jewel, congratulations. <laughs> Last up is the Washington Mystics. They currently have 11 people on their roster. Sans EDD, 
who decided that she wasn't going to play this season. <laughs> I say take care of your body. I'm not mad at it. But I am mad that we lost Natasha Cloud and we have not made up for either of their now absences. So Washington, I feel like, is one of the teams that has the most to do. I think with the other being, obviously, Indiana. But Washington's <laughs> got a lot to do. <laughs> it's always Indiana. <laughs> it's always going to be Indiana. But Washington has a lot to do. In Chicago. But more Indiana and Washington. <laughs> <laughs> they need a point guard. They really lost a good one in Natasha Cloud. And they they need some help. Because we saw what happens all last season when you don't have your solid point guard at the helm playing her greatest. Mm-hmm. The team, they just act like they don't know what they're doing. And and rightfully so, because Natasha Cloud is arguably one of the best point guards in the game right now. Don't argue with me, because I'm going to tell you that she is. It's a terrible loss. So we need yeah. somebody that's going to replace that terrible loss. And right now, I'm just not seeing it. Natasha was the glue, and we are without our arms. Natasha was the glue. Now what you gonna do, okay? We saved the mess for last. We talked about it (laughs) offline, Sam. The Mystics are a mess now. You got EDD saying, never mind. The one you cord, you cord somebody who doesn't even want to play? Because why, Sam? We talked about the dag, but we talked about this. And I'm the one who's excited, not excited. I'm super, in my voice, you hear the excitement of anger. This is, it, it doesn't make any sense. They just, they cord somebody who wasn't really healthy at the, la- at the end of last season. Still not healthy now. And is sitting out because why, Sam? Why? She's not healthy. So, like, it's just like, yeah, of course, absolutely take care of your body, EDD. But, God dang, you just left those ladies in a debacle. What are they going to do? We have Brittany Sykes who can't do it all. She'll try, though. She'll try, praying that she stays healthy because she's going to try to do it all. You know, you have, they they got DD Richards, which I'm excited about. I hope that she performs extremely well and she stays healthy who else do we have over there it's a mess it's absolutely a mess over there and i'm sorry not to say anything about any of your other we know we got we got you know ariel atkins duh you know but still there's just not enough there there's not enough cushion for the pushing so they're gonna be there's pushing no glue hard. there's no nothing no arms no glue nothing holding <laughs> everybody together and that is what natasha cloud brought and she's going to be hard to replace. I don't know if she, she might be irreplaceable. She might just be that irreplaceable player. And we might just need to do a whole roster scrap. Yeah. Yeah. They got to rebuild. You need to do Jewel Lloyd's prayer. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jewel, if, if anybody's winning, it's Jewel. It's the storm. Okay. <laughs> They're winning. And I do want to kind of double back to Chicago really quick because we didn't mention Kennedy Carter. Um, the fact that she signed over in Chicago, I'm excited to see her playing again for the W. So congratulations, Kennedy. I can't wait to see what you do. So this week for our breakout stars, <laughs> Joss and I <laughs> pulled a big no-no and we did not discuss who we were going to talk about 
or what game we were going to talk about. Mistakes because we, we we like to talk about different games so y'all can hear different experiences and hear different players and you know different teams. <laughs> and, and and we try and do a variety of teams to make sure the love is spread. Right. But we decided that we just apparently weren't going to do that this week. We was on the same team this and, time, okay? and, and we ended up on the same wavelength again. <laughs> and we talked about the same team. <laughs> it won't happen so, again, my sophisticated spectators. It won't. <laughs> today, we are talking about Baylor getting upset again by the unranked Brigham Young University, a score of 66 to 78 on Wednesday, February 7th. That game, Brigham Young basically had them from 2-0. Baylor hit the first basket, and then it was over after that. (laughs) I hate to say it, but it was over. Even though we are both talking about the same game, we're going to be talking about different people because Mm -hmm. there were several standouts on BYU's team that just made the engine go. So before we get to the players, let me just tell y'all that the last time BYU beat a ranked team was in 2021. This was a phenomenal and a huge win for them. I have to give it up to two star players on their team, one from the starting five and one from the bench. The first being our lucky lefty, Lauren Gustin. And why do I call her lucky lefty? Well, I call every left-handed player lucky lefty. Why? Because 99% of the world is right-handed. And with that, it is hard to defend the left side. And she was using that to her advantage and shooting the lights out. She finished the half with a double-double. Who does that? 14 points and 10 rebounds at the half. What I love most about Lauren is that she was constantly spacing the floor and she was wherever her teammates needed her to be. She had this nasty step through move with about a minute and some change left in the first half. She also had this crazy move where about halfway through the first quarter, she caused a deflection right as uh, Baylor was going into transition. And then she immediately sprinted towards the paint and her teammate was able to get her the ball and she had a wide open layup to the left step through amazing sight to see but that was just a testament to sometimes you just got to go with what you know and go to the left and nobody's going to be able to stop it because everybody's right-handed she finished the game with a double double what was it 23 points and 16 rebounds she played 39 minutes she really dictated the entire game Baylor loves to score in transition and Lauren knows this because BYU also loves to score in transition Mm -hmm. and so because she knew this she she was like a little gnat down there. Every time you thought Baylor was going to get away in transition, you'd see Lauren sprinting across the floor and she would immediately get down low because she's like, absolutely not. I am not making this transition easy for y'all. It's going to be real difficult. And that's exactly what she did and why she was able to get that double-double. I also have to give a shout out to Emma Calvert off the bench. This season, she's only been averaging 22 minutes and about eight points. But versus Baylor, not only did she play less minutes with 17, but she had 14 points, 50% from the three and 75% from the field and added five rebounds. So she was that spark off the bench that every time you thought Baylor was getting a little bit closer and kind of closing out the gap, she would go in and hit a three. And it was like, okay, Emma Calvert is at it again. 
we know what's about to happen. And Baylor was just never able to recover after that. Never, ever, ever. And also what's so interesting about this upset that it is the only time that these two teams would play against each other. So BYU said, okay, one and done. And we are going out with a bang. (laughs) Okay. Because (laughs) they showed you straight out from the top. Like, I think it was the first quarter where there was uh, Edwards had went up for um, a shot. Like she, she had the ball. It was like a give and go. Uh, to uh, her her teammate number twenty four, I think Sarah. I want to say her name is, but she goes to the she goes to drive to the basket and she ends up getting blocked by no other than number twenty four for BYU Rose Bubakar. Uh, yes, Bubakar. And when I tell you, I was like, uh oh, this is about to be a game because Edwards did end up finding you know getting her block uh, her shot blocked and then grabbing the rebound and putting it back up. But that right there was foreshadowing, okay? Because I was like, this was basically a warning of defense being, of the defense for BYU being on that ass, okay? It was definitely a testament to just what they do. And this team, BYU, has been plagued with uh, turnovers. And they actually had more turnovers than Baylor, but they just shot better. That was really what it was. BYU was also shooting like 52% from field while Baylor was only giving us 34%. Okay. BYU 40%, like in Baylor 32% is so close, but no cigar for Baylor because they weren't putting the ball in the basket enough. And what did BYU do? They protected home court. Okay. And I love that for them. They had, I think, even eight more uh, turnovers than Baylor did. But what they they do, they shot better and their defense was smothering because Baylor wasn't able to get shots in. All their looks were hard. They could not put things down. The last player I would have to say who was an unsung hero for me was Amari Whiting, who you know, was said to typically put the team and pressure all on her back. She had some nasty moves this game. One she had was this drive at the top of the key. She put her head down, crossover, cradled the ball to a floater, and got that and one. It was so pretty, okay? I was like, ooh, Whiting is tough. And what else did she do? She completed that three-point play from the foul line. She's a tough cookie, all right? She is a beast out there. I loved watching her, actually. She ended up the uh, she did the game with 14 points and eight rebounds, nearly getting a double-double herself, and nine assists. Nine assists. She almost had a daggone triple-double, okay? Congratulations, BYU. Y'all did the damn thing. So as we wrap up another episode, Joss, tell the people where they can find us. You know, you can find us at Beyond the Bleachers underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and join us when we go live. You can also find the links to all of our social media pages and streaming platforms at BeyondTheBleachersPodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. Until next time, stay loud, stay laced, and and stay stay locked locked in. in. Bye, Bye, y'all.